Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham Ye Farma Gaye Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram Ye Farma Gaye Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram Ye Shadi Hai Beshak Mohabbat Ka Zina ये शादी है बेशक मोहब्बत का जीना बाहरों की आमद सबा का तरन्नुम बाहरों की आमद सबा का तरन्नुम निकाक दे मसनो दुखे दिल का मरहम ये फरमा गए हैं रसूले मुकर्रम Six minutes after 11 South African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Arafat. Bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. And of course, my beloved engineer, uh, none other than Haji Suleiman Esop. He's in a good mood this uh, beautiful Tuesday morning. How's the weather? My beloved, wonderful listeners here in Johannesburg. How's the weather? I think the rain is coming. I don't know. Uh, whoever is tuning and listening to me, send me a message. My beloved, wonderful listeners of Marakas Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and our beloved, wonderful listeners of Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company. I don't know how's the weather there in um, Springs, but uh, I think it's going to rain today. Can any listener who's listening to me right now in Johannesburg, what do you think, Haji Suleiman? I think it's going to maybe come because the rain does want to come, but it's just drizzling, drizzling, drizzling. Uh, yes, my beloved, wonderful listeners of Marqa uh, Sahaba, uh, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084 786 3132. 084 786 3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784 786 3132. Today is the 24th of Rabi'ul Awal, 1445. Let's welcome uh, our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidahullah. Ustad, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Wa Alaikum Assalam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Barakallahu Fikum Arafat Jazakallahu Khairan. Ustad is a rivet sister quickly. She wants to know the meaning of the name Ruwaida. Ustad. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد all praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Arabic language, my sister, you must be very careful. Sometimes when we pronounce the name incorrectly or we spell the name incorrectly, then remember the meaning will get distorted and changed. So Ruwaida in Arabic will be diminutive, Tazgir of Rauda. Authentic Hadith, remember that. Bukhari Sharif and in Muslim Ahmad, Mishkat Sharif, various compilations. So the portion between my house and the Mimbar pulpit is one of the gardens of Jannah. So Ruwaida will mean a small garden. Okay? Now, how will you spell it in English? So that is what concerns you now. You must write it down properly, sister. R-U-W-A-Y, R-U-W-A-Y, then it's with the Dwad, so D-H-A, Ruwaydwa, so R-U, I spell it one more time for you, sister, R-U-W-A-Y, D-H-A, so Ruwaydwa. 
So then the correct meaning and correct pronunciation, and it means a small garden, meaning Allah will give you gardens in paradise and so forth and so on. And in Islam, we must be particular when it comes to names. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Innakum tud'awna yawm al-qiyamah bi asma'ikum wa asma'i abaikum fa ahsinu asma'akum. Verily, you will be called on the day of justice, the day of reckoning by your name and your biological father's name and choose good good names the hadith in Mishkat Sharif Abu Dawood then there's another word that you will find it in the noble Quran and that is in chapter number 86 remember that so that one day is not right you shouldn't keep that name there so Almighty Allah Jalla is teaching us Give the non-Muslims time, you know, respite like. And why? Then I will give them time and thereafter they will be punished in the year after. So this is chapter number 86 and verse number 17. So that will be R-U-W-A-Y and D-A. So there's no H there, D-A, Rueda. So remember, or D-A-A also, so that name you shouldn't keep. Remember that. So that has not have a good meaning, good connotation. But if you take it away, what the the D-H-A in the ending, so then it's perfect. There's no problem. So if it's your name, your daughter's name, your sister's name, so Ruwey so Dor, you will make your mouth, mouth a little bit round. And in that way there, remember, will be the correct meaning, small garden meaning, gardens in paradise, inshallah, in genital firdos. Let's go to <coughs> port, uh, port Elizabeth Ustad. If one is a Hanafi Muftisab and marries a Shafi, does one have to become a Shafi Ustad? Remember, you don't become a Shafi or something. You remain Hanafi, remain Shafi, but you have to watch out on certain issues. If you, the wife, are Hanafi and the husband is Shafi, so if he touches you or you touch him, remember skin to skin, then his huzu will break and your husband, your, your huzu will not break. Now, these are all academic, you must remember, discussions and so forth and so on. Then if you are traveling, you must remember that he and the traveling, the journey is permissible. You are coming here to visit your parents or you must remember your family member in Transva- in Gauteng or in Natal or somewhere. So in a case like that, now he can make jama, so he can combine Zohar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, like that. But Hanafis, you can't combine. So you must make mashura that and see how you can both come to some agreement and so forth and make life easy for you all, inshallah. 084-786-3132. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, that does the istikhara salah have to be performed consecutively? Anonymous Ustad. Remember that if you don't make the salat also, it's valid. For example, a lady is in a menses, so obviously she can't perform and read any salat in that condition, in that state there. So in a case like that, remember the hadith that is mentioned in Maqasid Hasana, Ma khaba manistakhara, wala nadima manistashar. A person will not be a failure if he or she made istikhara. And if a person made mashura and consultation and so forth, then that person will not regret and so forth. So the point here I'll make is this, that you must understand the difference. Istikhara, you're asking direct guidance from Almighty Allah. Mashura and mushawara, shura, all these are synonymous terms. You are asking human beings in whom you have some confidence in and so forth and so on. So that is what you must realize. Second one is the simple dua you read for istikhara and hadith in Tirmidhi Allahumma khirli khara khire Allahumma khirli so Ya Allah you select the best for me wakhtarli and you choose for me whatever comes in your heart in your mind that's your answer there's no such thing as sleeping and dreaming and that, that nothing is mentioned in the Quran or in the Sunnah and that that some ulama just suggested that so we mustn't get confused that got nothing to do with Quran and Sunnah that is a suggestion of some ulama and so forth so read Allahumma khirli wakhtarli and if you are 
clean and you got time and so forth so obviously you must be in the state of wudu and cleanliness and so forth then you read two rakat salat for example now and then you read surah fatiha qul ya kafirun and second rakat surah fatiha qul wallahu had and thereafter you read for whatever you're going to make istikhara must you accept this person's proposal yes or no must you accept this business deal yes or no like that so you read Allahumma khirli waqtarli same time what comes in your heart remember that your answer you don't have to continue continue for 5 days and 10 days and 40 days and all that one day also you get your answer and don't allow doubt to come all the time Quran Sharif states فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ once you made your decision then place your trust in all Almighty Allah Jalla Somebody says to start that, how is inheritance calculated for a male that passed on, leaving a wife, three sons, and one daughter who started? So remember that in a case like that, you have to go right to the beginning, and the beginning will be that your father passed away. So in a case like that, what will happen is that first will be burial, funeral expenses from the estate of the deceased, okay? And if you, the son's daughter, family members, friends want to pay, so it's fine. Second is the debts of the deceased. So remember that all the debts must be paid. Whether it's you paying to Muslims or non-Muslims or whatever, personal debts, corporate business debts, all must be paid and expedited. You can't delay, delay all that. Justice delayed is justice denied. Third one is wasiya. Wasiya is for non-heirs. You want to give a masjid, a mosque, madrasa, you want to give an orphanage like that, you want to give to the Palestinians and so forth and so on. So you bequeath wasiya for non-heirs, maximum one-third of the net estate. So that also is fine, is good. Then you come to the shares of the heirs. So now this is a straightforward one. There's nothing ambiguous, difficult in this one. Husband passed away, he left a wife. So what is the wife's share? 12.5. And then there are three sons and there's one daughter. So each son will get 25, 25, 25. So that's 75. The wife will get 12.5 and the daughter will get 12.5. So there's your 100% straightforward. So first, burial, funeral expenses, then the debts of the deceased, then the wasiya to bequeath for non-heirs, maximum one-third, and then the shares of the heirs, wife, 12.5, daughter, 12.5, and the sons, three sons, 25, 25, 25%, and then the whole thing is sorted out very easily. Somebody says, your Ustad, is baby's saliva also napak? Because a small baby drools all the time, and if you carry them over your shoulder... By the time you put them down, your clothes are definitely messed to start. So you must remember, I think you are, mis- you are confusing certain issues here. So you must remember that if you have a baby, so mashallah, keep on reading the dua, Surah 46, Surah Ahqaf. The beginning of the 26 Supara, 26 Jews, 20, 26 part of the Noble Quran. And the ayat is long. Look in the middle, you will find it, verse 15. So chapter Surah 46, beginning of 26 Jews, 26 Supara. And verse 15, وَأَصْلِحْ لِي فِي ذُرِّيَّتِي O Almighty Allah, bring about reform, piety, goodness in my progeny, in my children. وَأَصْلِحْ لِي فِي ذُرِّيَّتِي O Almighty Allah, bring about piety, goodness, reform in my progeny and children. Now, let's break up the question, then you'll understand. For example, that you're carrying your baby, your child, and so forth. From him or her, only saliva is coming. Only saliva. So that is park, is tahir, there's no problem with that. But your baby drank something, your baby ate something, and then they are vomiting also. So what the saliva, some liquid is coming out. What the saliva, some solid is coming out. So that is napak, and that is najis and impure, the vomit. So don't confuse the issues. If it is purely only saliva, so that is pak. But if it is, they are vomiting, and remember, they drink water, milk, juice, whatever, and now they are, you must 
because remember vomiting so what the saliva is that so that is napak and najis similarly with the solids so now you gave them something to eat and what have you and children sometimes then they will vomit they didn't agree with them or they overate or whatever and then with the saliva that solid that food comes out that is napak so you must draw that distinction my brother sister Mr. Let's understand the question here. It says, a man and a woman who are both married have an illicit relationship. Both parties repent and have no communication. Nine months later, a boy is born out of this haram relation. Subsequently, 18 months later, the woman of the affair and her husband are divorced. In terms of Sharia, who will take custody of the child? Who will be responsible for maintenance of the child? And does the man of this affair have any right over the child? Anonymous Ustad. Yeah, there are four or five different issues. All parties will understand that there was a male and a female and they were married. And Allah alone knows if they had children before or not, but that's fine. Second issue is that if the husband had an affair or the wife had an affair or both had an affair, so then in Islam is the death penalty, capital punishment for both of them. Remember that. Then that other person who had an affair with your wife and so forth, if he was married, then for him also is the death penalty. And if he was not married, then for him is hundred lashes. Chapter 24, verse number 2, as enshrined in the Noble Quran, Azaniya to Azani, Fajlidu kulla wahidin minumamiyata jalda. Hundred lashes must be given in public. And don't show them any mercy, any compassion, Quran says. So it shows that in these type of issues we have to be firm and stern. And so some believers, there must be a group who witness this punishment, we must remember, for that male, for that female, and so forth and so on. So adultery means the parties are married and remember that then is death penalty. Both are married or one is married, death penalty. And for the other party, if they married, death penalty. If they're not married and it is fornication, then it's hundred lashes in public. So that is the second issue. Third issue, you must remember that now after eight months, nine months, whatever the case is, so this lady gave birth. You must remember this. So the husband kept quiet and so forth. He didn't say anything then. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, authentic hadith in Mishkat Sharif and Mishka Mustan Ahmad, various compilations, Al-Waladu Lil-Firash. So those child, even though if he came from an illicit relationship, but the husband kept quiet, so the lineage of the child will go to the father, to the husband, the biological father. And remember that although he might know deep down, deep down that it's not his child, but he kept quiet, so it's like taken for granted he accepted the child because he's khabis, he's impure, immoral, he's busy with other the woman. His wife is busy with other men and so forth. So So he accepted. If he don't accept straight away, then he gave a talaq. Then he ended the story. So then the lineage will go to the mother. But where he kept quiet, he didn't say anything. Then the lineage goes to the father. So we must be clear on that issue there. Thereafter, now they had, you must remember, met up, whatever you, all these things here. Yeah. So now in a case like that, then he gave a talaq, a divorce and so forth. So who will have custody of the child? Both of them are disqualified. Both of them are haramis. Both of them committed adultery and so forth and so on. So we will look what is for the best interest of the child and so forth. So if the husband kept quiet, the lineage will go to the father. Remember that. If he didn't keep quiet, he said the child is not mine and he divorced his wife, then remember in that case there, the lineage will go to the mother. Yul walad in the case of zina and haram and all these type of activities then the lineage of the baby goes to the mother when it's a haram child custody both of them the father also committed adultery the mother also committed adultery so both of them are disqualified so you must see which nana nani dada dadi will be for the betterment of the child if the nana nani are alive the maternal grandfather grandmother so you give it there because the baby 
baby is very small. Otherwise, you gave it to the mother, the biological mother's sister, al-khala to be manzilatil um. So you must do that, what is masalih, what is advantageous and beneficial for the child and the baby. But these two, the parents, you understand, or if you want to call them parents, husband, wife, they both disqualified because according to the question, they both committed all these type of crimes of zina and adultery and they must be given the death penalty. Mm. So therefore, they will not be entitled to the custody. Mm. I see the listener say so complicating, Moktisab. Nothing complicating. When you commit zina, that is complicating. Mm. When you can't look after your rifle, you must remember these things. Yeah, that you go park in the wrong place. You see all these haramis today. So that's what they want you must do. You must have dysfunctional families. You go see today in the schools. Yeah, in South Africa, go and see. Just take not all nine provinces, just take three, four provinces. Go to Gauteng, go to Natal, go to Western Cape and so forth. And just count how many haram children, how many women, girls are pregnant in school. It will go into hundreds of thousands. You must remember these type of things. So this is this whole Western culture. You must remember that from the age of nine, you start tribal, all that age of 10, 11, they're giving birth already. So remember that. And the school uniform is such. When we go here by the shop or we go to the mall or whatever to buy groceries, whatever, you will see sometimes these girls, they walk right in front of you and their skirts are getting shorter and shorter and shorter and so forth. So what you expect them to these are not schools these are not universities or colleges these are all brothels you must remember that and you want to come tell me you want to send your child there and so forth these are all brothels you must remember this that everything they made legal you must remember that Adam and Eve Adam and Steve Madam and Eve the South African government allows it and therefore you're in such a mess you must remember these type of things there that there's no morality there's no shame there's nothing everything you just press one button you must remember anybody can see it on his phone on the screen and whatever you so all this that you know you must be a responsible drinker you must be a responsible gambler it's all waste of time the Satan Lucifer he decorates and beautifies all these vices listen to this one Ustad my husband Muftisab he wants to know and he's listening to you right now. Is there any way that him and his friends can go and join Hamas to fight the Israelis? They all are ready, Muftisab, from Pretoria. Who started? Ask them if they read Fajr Salat with Jamaat in the past month. Ask them that question. You must remember that. Ask them, did they read Fajr Salat with Jamaat in the masjid the past month, the past one month, two months? Can't wake up for Fajr Salat properly and speaking of going for jihad and all this. You think to walk into Gaza and all that is a walk in the park. What you think? You're walking in Claudius or Lodium or somewhere there. Mm. So make jihad here at home, brother. So learn and read your Salat on time. Look after your wife. Look after your children. Go feed all the poor people. Muslim, give them zakat. And non-Muslim, go give them sadaqah and all these things there. Go and look after the ummah and so mm. forth. Masha Allah, there Hamas has taken care of the Jutlas and sent thousands of them straight to hell. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. And the numbers are just climbing and climbing. And you must remember on the second, other, other side, 150 of the captives are there and prisoners of war are there in the possession of Hamas. And Hamas has threatened and told them for the Jutlas and the world, if you're going to keep on targeting our children, our women and civilians, then one by one we will execute your prisoners and captives and Islamically 100% is permissible to mm. do that. You get some apologetic, people who are apologetic and people who are don't understand head or tail of the Sharia and so forth. When you have captives, you can make qatl, remember, you can execute them. You can give them, tell them they must pay ransom or you let them go free of charge or you make mubadalatul usara, exchange of prisoners of 
war, we give you two, five, you give us hundred. So like that, you must remember, it's totally permissible. So it's hundred percent. That's the only language that Jutlas understand. Remember that. One settler, one bullet will settle the issue. So remember, this, our chefs can only talk, big talk. Mm. If a crook comes with water pistol, also their huzu <laughs> will break. You must remember these type of things there. These people, you must remember that now the debate is on. Mm. From where did they get all these guns and ammunition and so forth? So they got all various theories. They say it came from Iran, some say. Some say it came from Ukraine. Some say America sent to Ukraine, but it got hijacked on the way. Whatever happened, alhamdulillah, you must remember these type of things. The only way these haramis, these jutlas, this cursed nation, you must remember, can beat them is in the air. But if they come on the ground and all that, they'll defeat them anytime. You must remember this type of things. So these are people who have given their life, you must remember, for jihad and so forth. Me and you can't wake up. Majority of this ummah can't wake up for Fajr Salat and speak of jihad in that. Allama Zahabi, rahimahullah, wrote a ajib and gharib waqiyah in Siru A'alam in Nubala. Is one great book on profile of great, great people. So Allama Zahabi writes, it's the time of the Khilafat Abbasiyah, the Abbasid dynasty. And the Khalifa ruler is Khalifa Harun Rashid. And they used to give them a monthly or weekly stipend, you know, like for their survival and so there were 20,000 mujahideen. They said, we will not give our name and we will not take wages, no stipend, nothing. Allah. We are fighting lillah fillah for the love and pleasure of Almighty Allah. For who we are dicing with our death and so forth and doing Allah knows our names. There's no need to give you name. So that is what is mujahid. Yet you do so for the love of Almighty Allah, for the love of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa You do so with ikhlas and and so forth to take on Israel and all that you think this Arab governments the Saudis and these United Arab Emirates and this Bahrain and <laughs> all that and Morocco could take them on these people are not even a fully fledged army and they took them on and gave them the worst defeat and that's why they're licking their wounds now they want to show their people how great they are they go and kill children and women now, just now, before I came, somebody sent a clip, you must remember that, that the Qassam Brigade, they entered one house now, in the Saturday, Sunday, and Jutla house, there was nobody there. The lady was there, one, two of them, and the children. And then they said, that where's the man? They said, nobody, they saw this, nothing. They said, okay, we're leaving you, we don't touch women, we don't touch children. And on the lighter side, the Mujahid saw a banana there. He asked the Jutli, the Jewish lady, Madam, with your permission, if you give me one banana, then I'll take it. She said, take it. She is giving an interview to the Jewish press and media sure. that you all are presenting all of these people as animals and savages. But see, this is what they did to me, that they could do whatever they want to. But they left me. They never touched me, never touched my child. But you, Haramis, you all are murdering the children and the women and so forth. So therefore, Gideon Levy writes, you must remember, you can't even call these people human beings. They are subhuman, you must remember. They are the only nation. Always remember this. As a nation, and Quran speaks only of them, that Almighty Allah, chapter 5, Surah Maidah, and verse 60, Almighty Allah states, وَجَعَلَ مِنْهُمُ الْقِرَدَةَ وَالْخَنَازِيرَ Almighty Allah made them into monkeys and swines and pigs and so forth. Why? Because they murderers of prophets and messengers, they murderers of people and innocent people, baby killers and so forth. And they changed the Torah for their own convenience. They objected on Allah and said, Allah is very, very stingy. Allah forbid. Allah made them stingy. The same Bibi Netanyahu, the Harami, the war criminal, couldn't even wash his clothing day in Tel Aviv and everywhere he was at that time when Trump was in power he his wife Sarah they should take all their dirty clothes and laundry and get it washed free of charge day in the White House yes. these are the haramis you are talking about and these Arab leaders MBS and MBZ and all these haramis are trying to make peace with them the Saudi one it's called off or is cancelled 
to me it's just for a little while and postponed this salah this salah haram is they want that you must remember that Israel must recognize them they'll become big buddies with America and so forth the imams of the haram are not allowed to use the word Yahud they can't make dua for Aqsa Mubarak in this manner that Allahumma tahir al-Majid al-Aqsa min al-Yahud al-Ghasibin most to most they're allowed to say Allahumma hafaz al-Majid al-Aqsa Ya Allah protect al-Aqsa but they can't say oh Allah purify liberate al-Aqsa min al-Yahud al-Ghasibin al-Muhtalin from the Jutlas who are the Haramis and occupiers and the super terrorists all these kind of words they can't use before they used to use it now they can't use so you need to look at the underlying factor to understand the whole thing properly Allahu Akbar I see one of the listeners says Muktisab what Fajr Salah got to do with this this is Jihad who started so, so, the biggest Jihad is to read Salat on time you must remember if you can't read Salat you go straight to Jahannam Quran says Ma salakakum fi saqar qalu lam min al-musallin that what made you go to Jahannam you must remember that they say we never read Salat you see that the answer came they can't read Fajr Salat with time and they want to speak of Jihad and all that Jihad has a broad connotation remember that to wake up for salat and read salat in a masjid on time that is jihad what we are doing now is jihad you are looking after your wife and children with halal income is jihad jihad that be explained to you in a business term then you will understand so you must remember jihad is like the holding company right then you have subsidiaries A, B, C, D, E, F. So your salat is a subsidiary. Your fasting is a subsidiary. Your looking after your parents is also subsidiary, is jihad. Your teaching and learning is also jihad and so forth. You don't even understand the meaning of jihad and want to go there. You just waste your time and become cannon fodder and a liability for them. Can't read five daily salat and want to speak about jihad and all that. They say that Muftisab, a lady has a Rawda booking tonight. How does she spend her time in Rawda? What she must read? Quran or Salah? Urgent. Ustad. So you must remember if you got that booking and so forth and you got it properly without any, you must remember, bribery and so forth. So go there early and mashallah without pushing anybody and so forth and so on. Then you go in with utmost respect and love and so forth. And wherever you get placed, remember that you read two rakat salat and in sajda you cry, you beg Almighty Allah. I just gave you the hadith now when the lady asked me about the name Ruwaydha. So remember Habibuna Rasulullah hadith. Ma bayna bayti wa minbari Jannah. So all the duas you know, Rabbana, 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 read all those duas in Arabic, in Salat, in Sajda. He, Habibuna Mustafa, Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Aqrabu ma yakunul abdu mir rabbihi wa wasajidun fa'aksiru fihi dua. The nearest the servant, the slave comes to Almighty Allah is when you are in Sajda. <laughs> then fa'aksiru fihi dua. So you must remember that make a abundant dua in that posture in that position sahih hadith in muslim sharif but it must be in arabic and then you must remember you finish and so forth then raise your hands read praise allah ta'ala alhamdulillah rabbil alameen durood sharif salawat and so forth and thereafter say ya allah i'm in jannat al-firdaus now in this world because nabi sallallahu said is one of the gardens of jannah so grant me Jannat al-Firdaus in the year after and let me die with Iman and Islam. So that is the greatest dua. Tawaffani Muslima wa alhiqni bisalihin. And thereafter, you must remember, make dua for the Ummah, your parents, the deceased, and the Mujahideen, the Gaza and Syria and Libya and Burma and wherever else the Muslims are being trampled upon and oppressed and so forth and so on. And read abundant Durood Sharif and so forth. I give you three stories to just give you inspiration. Hazrat Sheikh, Hazrat Mohana, Muhammad Zakaria, Sheikh Al-Adish, Allah, He never used to deliver lectures. You must remember, he used to just give some nasiha, a little bit, five minutes, two minutes, like that. And he used to write kitabs, but his love for Quran, for Sunnah, for Habibuna, Rasulullah, was so intense. He never said that I want to go. You must remember King Faisal invited him also and said that every Muslim must go, obviously, but he used to cry 
why Allah makes the means. Then King Faisal told him, fine, you come and you don't need anybody's permission. I give you permission. You see, that you can teach, you can do whatever you want to. They don't even allow the imams of the haram to do that. Anyway, you just go and start doing. So that was King Faisal, rahimahullah. He passed away in March 1975. I saw him in 74. He came for tawaf day in Ramadan. So Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus. He shaheed. Remember that. He passed away also in Rabiul Awal and so forth. So that's one issue. Second issue is Hazrat Shaykh Hazrat Mahazakariya Nawalullah outside the haram because he spent two and a half, three hours reading Salat and Salam. I just want to show you the real ashiq Rasul, the real lover of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how they read Salami. Me and you just say, As-salatu as-salamu alayka ya Rasulullah. As-salatu as-salamu alayka ya Habiballah. As-salatu as-salamu alayka ya Khatam al-Nabiyyin. In one, two minutes, three minutes, we're gone. Or the police is shouting us, Hadrik, Hadrik, Aji, and they carry on. You know how idiots they are also. Hazrat Shaykh Nawalallahu Marqad, I saw myself, remember, there's not either Udr Kibati, somebody told me. So they're outside facing Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who spent three hours, and they would put the blankets and all that cold winter's night. He would read Salami like this, As-salatu as-salamu alayka ya yuwal muzammil. He read the whole surah muzammil. As-salatu as-salamu alayka ya yuwal muddassir. He read the whole surah muddassir. As-salatu as-salamu alayka ya yuwal nabi. He read the whole surah tahrim, chapter 66. Like that he would read and then cry for shafa'a, intercession, and then for the ummah, and then for death in Medina Munawwara and all these issues there. Regarding Riyadhul Jannah, people push and so forth. You must never do that. Remember you are in Masjid Nabawi and Surah 49 verse 2 is the lesson we must learn. La that Quran says that you must not call Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam like how you call one another. So Antahbata Amalukum wa Antum that your actions will all disappear and you won't even perceive it you because of su'ul adab, be'adab, disrespect to the master, al-Islam. People today go there with their cell phone and they're laughing and joking. Haram, all that. There's fear. You will lose all your actions. You won't even know about it. So there must be utmost love, utmost respect and reverence. You're in the court of the master, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. One day, there was one person. I won't take his name. I know his name, but I won't take it. He knew the one sheikh there. So he told me, you come with. So I said, fine, I'll come with. So he said, the sheikh, yeah, he heard your lectures because he came to South Africa. And I had to perform the nikah in that family and so forth. So he was like very happy, like, you know what what I said and so forth. So he also wanted to speak on him. So we went. So he asked that brother, now what you want? He said, you know what, I want to read Salat in Riyadhul Jannah. So he said, very easy, I'll sort it out for you. So when the men are kicked out, taken out, and the women must come in, they got their two, three minutes gap, like you see, they say five minutes gap. So we are about six, eight of us or something, the exact number Allah alone knows. So he took us inside there, and then the whole Riyazul Jannah is empty, and that was the nearest I got, you must remember, in Riyazul Jannah, right next to the Master, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I remember my legs and everything were trembling and wobbling, I thought I'm to fall down, you know, because the awe and the love and the respect you have for the Master, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so that is what you must always try and do. Ask Allah, Allah will make the means and so forth and so on. Then another thing he did for us, the same sheikh, they said, come, I'll do something else for you. You see, if you look at all the air conditioners there in Masjidun Nabawi, so for this air conditioner, there's a big markers, they get big, big machines, but those machines make a big noise. So all that headquarters is 8, 10 kilometers away from Masjid Nabawi. And the only way to reach there is you go underground. And that road also is a little bit zigzag, like you understand. It's not a very good road. So even King Abdullah, he used the same road, they told me. So I was asking them, who, who comes here? They said, no, King Abdullah. I said, but for him, you must have taken a different road. He said, no, same route, nobody else, 
all did this. So they took us there and they showed us the whole plant. You see, we got load shedding nowadays in South Africa. Stage one, stage two, stage six, and you know, all these fairy tales and all that. Today I laugh. I was having breakfast and I switched on SABC. You understand this morning? So the one African guy came on with SG, Stephen Krutus, you know. Mm. So he said, you know, this government, the way they're stealing, stealing, they are known as the African national criminals. You see? So cool and calm he said it African national criminals the way they're stealing so I had a good chuckle when I heard that so anyway you must remember so he took us there so I asked him what's this what's all this going on in there? so he said see that let's say for Allah forbid but something happens in Masjid Nabawi the electricity goes off for whatever reason you know load shedding they don't have all that I'm just giving an example so this whole thing will kick in immediately and so forth and so on. He says, so many years we have it. It's just a backup, a contingency planning, but not once did we use it. Then he told me, that person in charge there, he told me, go there and press any number. So I'll ask him, I won't just do it. I'm going to ask, but why? What will happen? Mm-hmm. He said, no, I want to show you that if that mic goes off, Every imam, they have to adjust the mic according to his voice and loudness and all those things. So if the mic goes off and you press this button, yeah. So I told him I'll press three. So he said, yeah, press it. So I asked him now what happens. He said, let's say if the imam is on, then that power is off. This power will kick in immediately. People won't even realize it and so forth. So it's something magnificent. Twice I've been there, alhamdulillah. So you must say a lot of things that people don't know, but it's all wasta business, you know. You must know somebody and that somebody must like you a little bit. Then they'll take you and that's how it works there and so forth. Subhanallah, subhanallah 15 minutes to 12 Don't go away my wonderful listeners Stay tuned Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Well it's uh, 12 minutes to 12 On this beautiful Tuesday morning Overcast here in Johannesburg Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. I see everybody wants the podcast of what, what Muftisab was explaining. Subhanallah. Somebody says, Ustad, uh, I just want to know my dad passed away, Muftisab. Now, he passed away. Uh, now, we siblings don't know what's in the estate. It's now three years. But the one in charge of it says, no, we will only get it after my mom passes on. Is this allowed in Islam? If we ask about it, also it's like we only after the money. Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Sometimes the way you pose the question, you know, I just, uh, the way you said in the starting, your father passed away now. So the way you said, yeah, I understood it at that time, that might be he passed away last night or this morning or just now. Mm. Then the second part you say is three years now. So how did now and three years reconcile, you know? So I'll come to that just now. Let me just make three, four announcements quickly. Yeah, I sent out some excellent books. Allah ta'ala reward the brother, sister, mashallah, who are doing all this and giving it to me to send it out to the ummah. One book I really recommend in English is Jerusalem, the key to world peace. So we sent it out to thousands of people yesterday. And if anybody wants it, then just send me a WhatsApp message, not SMS, must be WhatsApp message 071-888-1184. It's in English, obviously, that Jerusalem, the key to world peace. And it's PDF and you read it, mashallah. Yes, no, this morning I sent out one Arabic book and one English book. Zawalu Israel fi Ishreen wa Isnatain wa Ishreen. So Israel will start falling and losing in the year 2023. So this, this book I bought the original when I was in Lebanon, in Lebanon, in Beirut in 1998. And the author wrote it in 1993, Bassam, Jarrar, his name. So remember that, that I never spoke of this because, you know, they said, 
certain things, it's about speculation also. So anyway, but now things are happening. So I said, let me send. And then we found a translation. So one is the original Arabic and one is the translation in English. So we sent both out this morning. So I'm not sending these things here for poppy show and just to keep. You, the listeners of Sirius FM, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Allah Sunnah Jama'ah, you must read all these books here too. Next one, you must remember, you will get many sheikhs, many maulanas, many ulama, many muftis. They won't speak one thing in public, you must remember, criticizing Israel, criticizing the Jutlas, criticizing the Americans, criticizing the British and all. Why? They're not concerned about that. Privately, they will talk, but publicly, they will be silent. You tell them the Jummah, give a bayan. You must remember against the Jutlas, America, Europe, Britain, all. They'll be silent. They'll never do that. Why? They're more interested in their visas and so forth and so on. You must remember that. Now, I pose in this question, I sent out the article today. Those people who are silent because they want to get more visas to visit America or UK or France or wherever else and so forth. So I'm asking you, can you really call such people ulama and scholars? Or can you call them scholars for dollars? The same thing comes when it comes to the Shia issue. Privately, they'll tell you maybe that the Shias are non-Muslim. But publicly, they will never do that. Why? Because they are sponsors or they have sympathizers of the Shias and so forth. We challenge them publicly on your radio, on your media, say 100% Shias are kuffar, Khomeini is kafir out of the fall of Islam. Alayhi la'anatullah, Allah's curse is on him. As Mustafa Rasulullah taught us, Hadith in Tirmidhi, when you see those people cursing, swearing, my companions and Sahaba, فَقُولُوا then say, Allah Ta'ala's curse is on you for the evil you are perpetrating and committing. So this is an easy gauge and barometer who is on haq and who is on batil and on falsehood and who are the fence-sitters. So many Muslim scholars, others are fence-sitters. Remember that when you sit on the fence, then you must remember you are committing a major, major offense. And remember, it leaves a lot to be desired. We don't even know if you have true iman or not. So these were certain issues Allah just put in my head now during the break. Now let's come to your story, brother. Your father passed away. Don't say now. You must say my father passed away three years ago. Then you speak in the truth. Second, now what must you do? All you siblings, all you children, your father. So all of you, first thing, daily, every one of you should be reading Surah 14, verse 41. رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْحِسَابِ Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. Forgive my beloved parents and the believers. The day, the reckoning, the day of justice is established. Every day, your children, grandchildren, family, every member should know it by heart. Allah grant your father Jannatul Firdos. So the Iddat story, all that is done. We don't know that the wife is alive or not. Your mother and how many siblings children you are be that as it may now you got the big brother i'm just using his example so he is the executor and maybe your father wrote the world also like that and he said that the children will only get and receive their shares after the death of the wife so absolutely haram to make these kind of conditions and remember if that was written in the world like that make special special dua for your father because Quran says that that is absolutely haram Surah 4 chapter 4 Surah Nisa verse 14 who disobeys Almighty Allah and his messenger Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the wife share was only 12.5% and now the wife is still alive because you say that is mentioned there that after the mother so the wife is still alive so now you go beyond the limits so now you're giving 100% to the wife and the children are getting deprived she is usurping the shares of their of her sons and the deceased sons and daughters and so forth so for people like that who draw up the world who are practicing on this world the executor the mother and whoever 
angels, يُدْخِلْهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا Allah dispatches them to Jahannam and the hellfire for very, very long time and long period. خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ And for them is a humiliating, disgraceful punishment. If that is what your late father wrote, make special, special dua for him. Amen. Because this is not a Sagheera, is not a minor sin, is not Kabira, is not a major sin, is Akbarul Kabair, the worst of crimes. Allah uses this type of warnings for heinous and very, very serious crimes. I just read it for you. It's not, I'm just translating, it's Allah's speech. You go read it and see. Surah 4, verse 14. So what must you do? Leave all this executor and whatever is all haram, what they are doing. Justice delayed is justice denied. Take the Quran Sharif, go show your mother, mummy, this is what Quran says. We have to sort things out now immediately, immediately. The debts of the deceased, the, the funeral expenses, all that must be paid. I'm sure that you'll did. All the debts of the deceased, personal, corporate, business debts must be sorted out. Wasiya for non-heirs, maximum one-third must be sorted. And the heirs must receive the shares immediately. What guarantee you got the mother will die and then the children? What happens if the son, daughter dies before the mother? You see all the complications and implications. It's all haram, all these things there. You, the son, daughter, Shane now. They say, yeah, you only have the money. Tell him you don't come talk nonsense here. It's my haq and I want it now and now. And remember, if they're not prepared to give you, then go to your local ulama and let them give you a written fatwa. If they say these Molvis and it can't do anything, it's right, what can I do? Nothing. Then you can go to court and sort out the matter also. I don't advise you to go to court. But as a last resort, if you go, so that also will be acceptable. So all these stories, you must wait for your mother to pass away and then it will come in Islam is all fairy tales and Indian stories remember there's no place in Sharia it's absolutely haram uh, Ustad uh, I think there's few listeners that uh, they're saying there's the fall of Israel I think Ustad mentioned uh, 2023 He's saying here yeah, it's written yeah, 2022. Sorry, yeah. Gee, that was 2022. Yeah, there's a book I sent out. Yeah, I said it right in Arabic, in English. I, so, yes, I sent it out. You must read it so that at least you're listening. You're not fast asleep now. <laughs> so that's good. Sometimes the Imam, we read one rakat, taraweeh time, and make salam. Everybody's sleeping. Sometimes taraweeh time, we make three rakats. They're all sleeping. So I ask them, Imam, make mistake. I understand what you were doing at the back. Think mm. of your wife or what? So you must remember this third. So that was a sharp one from you all. Very good. Jazakallah <laughs> khair. Zawalu Israel fi Ishreen wa Isnain wa Ishreen. So 2022. So that, because now 2023, so I make mistake, mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. So yes, very good. Jazakumullah khair. Last question. Last question, Saji. Somebody says, when I move this up, what advice can you give to those who have broken family ties, restricting visitation rights, or not even allowing the grandparents to see their grandkids? Who start? So you must remember that the answer is in the Noble Quran, Surah Muhammad, chapter 47, verses 22 to 23. When you have grandchildren, you have children, you have grandfather, mother, parents, grandparents, and somebody from there, for their own ego and for their own lust and desires and wishes, they sever ties with the others. For example, grandchildren, their parents tell them that, no, you must not go visit Nanima, Dana, Dada, Daddy. Don't go visit grandparents or parents or grandparents. Tell the children, you mustn't go visit Kaka and visit your uncle and so forth. And it's all just because of their own ego and so forth. So Quran Karim addresses this in Surah 47, verse Layum. If and when you have authority, and tufsidu fil earth, you cause mischief, mayhem on this earth. And you sever the family ties. What are the consequences? Surah 47, Surah Muhammad. The Master, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Surah is dedicated to him, Mustafa Habibuna, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then Surah 47, verses 22-23. So what is 23? Allah Ta'ala curses them. فَأَسْوَمَّهُمْ makes them spiritually deaf. أَبْصَارَهُمْ And spiritually blind as well. Absolutely haram it is. Barakallahu fiqh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sahaba Online Radio. Calling the Yumma. <laughs>
independent, independent and true to you.